excited to have our next guest in studio with us for the next few minutes. Uh, Jeff and Laura Walker, welcome to Sports 1440. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. You know, um, I felt guilty almost asking you to take some time out because you guys are so darn busy and traveling the world, traveling the country, raising two young kids. First, how the boys are how old now, Laura? And it's Weston and... Weston and Liam. Weston's Liam, yeah. about one and a half and Liam's about three and a half. Wow. So busy. It's very busy. So Jeff, you, you're traveling around. I mean, we talked about this. I did a story with you guys last year and I kind of wanted to follow up because you were both kind of, you know, just talking about the, the how tough it is and, you know, how you have to balance. How do you guys balance this, Jeff? I'm not even sure. Uh, <laughs> I let my wife look after that and she does a phenomenal job. I'm not sure how we, we figure it out, but um, yeah, it's funny. She's got a Google calendar that I basically look at the day before, say, what am I doing tomorrow? And mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. It's obviously a lot of single parenting um, between my schedule and hers. It seems like we're on, on the road opposite weeks. So a lot of single parenting, but uh, we get it done somehow. How often, Laura, does Jeff not look at the calendar properly? You know what? He's gotten a lot better out of necessity. Maybe before we had kids, it was a little bit like, oh, let's let's go here this afternoon. And I was like, look at the calendar. We can't go there. But now with the kids, he's kind of forced to. And typically if there's the odd mistake, it's because I put it in wrong. But Mm. thankfully that doesn't happen very often. But we kind of need that to keep us on track. So kids are at daycare right now. And it's a little kind of a bit of a break in both the schedule for you. We have um, like six days at home together, wow. which is a which is a long time. But uh, usually, it's like one or two days over that we're home together, and then the next person leaves. So we've got about six days, I think, mm-hmm. we're both here. Jeff, so where have you been with traveling? Uh, of course, Jeff with Brad Gushu, uh, the rink, uh, all over the place. A lot of bond spiels and a lot of events. Uh, uh, where have you been? How have you uh, kind of handled the, the rigors of travel and the success that the rink has had? Yeah, a lot of obviously a lot of places across Canada. Um, I guess the the biggest place this year we went to Japan. We played in Kurosawa International in Japan. It was our first trip there. Um, it was phenomenal. We ended up winning that one. Um, so it's been it's been a, a sort of an up and down year. Uh, we we've had obviously a lot of consistency over the last bunch of years, and I'd say this fall has been probably a little bit underwhelming for for our standards. But we like to to gear up at this point and, and get ready for the Briar, which is our next event in about five weeks. And it's changed how you qualify for the Briar, obviously, and the Scotties. That's changed over the years, but um, so you guys in are in as defending champions. So, but how do you stay on top of things and top of the game? And with your, I guess, the events that you are at, are you trying to peak right now or kind of how's that work? Yeah, we, we try to, to peak for the Briar. That's sort of our number one at the start of every year. Obviously, we want to go in and win every event we play in, but it's it's not really realistic. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, our, our next one, like I said, is the Briar five weeks time. We got a couple training camps uh, coming up. I leave next week. We're all meeting in Toronto to, to train as a team because we're obviously all over the country. Um, and then again, a few weeks after that, we're all going to St. John's um, mm. and we'll be practicing with the team and, and gearing up. But nothing for competition now. It's all basically just practice until we uh, hopefully get ready and, and feel like we're we're ready for the briar. Laura, what about your schedule? So for those of you that don't know, Laura, uh, about a year ago, decided to really just focus on mixed doubles because it's an Olympic event now. And uh, how has that transition, first of all, been for you you know, stepping away from the traditional, you know, four member team to your doubles with your partner, Kirk Myers. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, people ask me all the time, 
do you miss the women's game? And my answer is usually no. <laughs> um, I really enjoy the mixed doubles game for starters, but I think, you know, Jeff said earlier that we play pretty much opposite weeks. If I was curling women's, that wouldn't be the case. We would be on the road at the same time. It'd be a lot more difficult with the kids. So um, that tra- part of the transition has been welcome just so that one of us is, is home a little bit more often. But um, no, I, I really like it. I've, I've been having a lot of fun and, uh, you know, our events are... Thursday to Sunday instead of getting to a slam Monday morning and having to stick around all week to play one game a day. So we are off in about a week and a half to uh, Brantford, Ontario, where we play one of our our tour events. And then we're off until our nationals at the end of March. How does qualifying for, and again, you wanted to kind of concentrate on mixed doubles because of the Olympic cycle. How How does qualifying differ from the traditional you know, trying to, you know, get points, get the Scotties, get the Briar, et cetera, like that. How's it changed for mixed doubles? It doesn't change a whole lot, but the biggest change that happened this year, we just found out a few months ago that the mixed doubles trials are actually moved to this December. So December of, mm-hmm. end of December, 2024. So we'll have just over a year um, to prepare whoever that Olympic team is. We'll have from you know, a year and a month or so to be team Canada, they'll go to the world. They'll try to make sure Canada qualifies for the Olympics. So that's the biggest difference right now is the men's and women's teams have from November to February to, mm-hmm. to prepare. We're going to have a little over a year, but otherwise, you know, same thing. We're still trying to get enough points, to get into the trials, um, finish high enough at our national championship to maybe get into the trial. So there's a few different ways you can qualify, but it's kind of the same deal. Mm-hmm. Jeff Walker, Laura Walker in the sports 1440 studios here at West Edmonton Mall, uh, Kevin Carey show. It's a nine thirty one in Edmonton. And so, Jeff, in the sense of, and I always have a hard time kind of descri- uh, describing this, but the, the the residency thing, how teams are uh, put together, has changed. It's an ongoing process. Can you kind of let our curling listeners know how that kind of works? And you sort of fell into this as well here in the last little bit. Yeah. So I guess they they made a change um, last year. Um, so not only if obviously defending champ team Canada can go back uh, as long as they have three or four of the original members. Um, and now they're also qualifying three teams via the wild card and the wild card actually don't have to, uh, they don't have to be residents of the province. They can live all over. So there's no residency rules, mm-hmm. um, but it's the only op- only way that a team like ours could could qualify for the briar if we obviously if we don't win and come back as canadian champions because we can't play in the in the provincial championship mm-hmm. with two of us living in different provinces ej our uh, teammate of ours Harden, is, yeah. is in ej Harden. yeah he's uh he's northern ontario uh, myself alberta and then two guys from from the rock so mm-hmm. we can no longer actually represent newfoundland um we have to qualify via winning the briar and coming back as, as team canada or one of the wildcard spots which is points based off the the season so if we don't have a good season and finish in the top three it's it's unlikely what you would see team gushu in the briar right so which leads me to you laura so just recently you go to the uh joining curling canada's board of governors so with you coming on board there, I think basically the players wanted a voice. Is that simple to say that? And then kind of what voice do you want to provide? Uh, the other thing too, like I'm sure you're getting calls from all these curlers all over going, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? So we do have um, an athletes council with Curling Canada that was formed about two years ago. Um, so typically we'll have our meetings and then, you know, we hope that the people on those teams talk to their teams and kind of bring all, all of their thoughts forward. And then if there are, are still issues or topics after that, then I can bring it forward um, to the board as kind of the link between the Athletes Council um, and the board. 
Um, I think right now our biggest focus with the board is figuring out how we're going to keep an athlete on the board long term. I was appointed for a one year term and now we have to go through the process of changing the bylaws, the terms Mm. of reference and all of those things to make sure that we have athlete representation permanently moving forward. So right now that's kind of my number one priority being on the board is to make sure that we don't lose that voice. What's the reaction been from, I guess, curlers across Canada? Very positive. I think everyone, um, you know, there's a little bit of a feeling of this is a a long time coming. And um, it's funny that, you know, and and no no knock at all to Curling Canada. I think it's just was the way that it was always done. This is sports across the country that we as athletes have to work so hard to have athlete representation at the national sport organization level when without us, the sport doesn't exist. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So um, I think we're just really happy that we've we've got to this point and, and the board, every all the staff, like everyone has been super welcoming. The athletes have been really supportive. It's been nothing but a positive experience. So Jeff Walker, Laura Walker with us in Sports 1440 Studios. Has, has it been hard for you, Jeff, because of what's... I guess curling Canada and all the rules and things for your decision making and maybe I shouldn't play with this team and I mean you've had turnover on your team and you've you've played with Brad for a long time but it's always kind of coming into, into play. How's that kind of worked for you? Yeah, it's always something you got to think about when yeah. you're sort of forming your team for the next uh, next Olympics, really. Like yeah. that's sort of where you you form your team, and then the year the year goal is obviously to win the national championships. So there's always talk, obviously, between ourselves and and you know the high performance director at the time, which was Jerry Peckham. Um, you know what is coming down the pipe? Is there anything going to be changing in the residency rules? Um, obviously, when you go back, you had to have all four from the same province. Mm-hmm. Then they made it so you could have one out of province um and then when we were forming this team with ej you know we had the you know we were obviously worried we we weren't going to have three players that lived in the province so we were trying to see what was coming on the pipe and and luckily with our success uh, i think that helped change the rule a little bit and and obviously a team like rachel holman who's now living out here and, and had a bunch of success and one of our top athletes they have to try to you know skirt the rules as much as they can to make sure Canada is competitive on the international stage. So that's, that's basically the reasons behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura, also besides curling and everything else, you were on a little bit of tour here with, it's called the community rocks tour. Uh, you and uh, your partner uh, in mixed uh, Kirk Myers went and traveled kind of around Saskatchewan. What was that like? You know, the last two years doing this tour, I have seen some tiny parts of the world that I never <laughs> thought that I would see. Um, but it's it's amazing. Like we go to these small communities of, of 1,500 people and there's 60 kids that come out to, yeah. to come out on the ice with us. And um, the communities really welcome us. The kids have so much fun. And I, I just don't know if you would get that kind of response in in bigger places it's really Mm -hmm. fun to go to these small towns and these rural communities where um you know someone who plays on tv doesn't get to come see them very often so um it's a lot of fun and and it's really rewarding for us to see the kids you know we had 16 or 18 kids at our last stop um in melfort saskatchewan come out who have never tried curling before so it's it's really fun and you were also in my hometown, Melville, Saskatchewan. What was that like? It, they, uh, I got a homemade scarf from one of the moms. <laughs> I got a t-shirt from Melville. They, they were amazing. That um, It's it's really f- cool to go there and see the community that comes together. Like everyone's talking about how the people that, you know, I'm quoting, work mm-hmm. at the curling club are all volunteer. Right. You know, they you just don't see that in a lot of places anymore. And um, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to tell you both a quick story and our listeners before we go to break and then we'll get into some other topics. But, uh, Donnie Walchuk, great curler, you know, world champion, played with Pat Ryan and Randy Furby and Donnie Bartlett and all those guys from Melville. And he used to play hockey for my dad. My dad was his coach in the late 70s. 
and they were going to this hockey tournament. I believe it was in Weyburn. And Donnie said, "I'm not going. To, I'm not going to this t- tournament in Weyburn. I got a bond spiel to go to." And my dad just freaked out on him. Could you like think about back in the late yeah. 70s? Just absolutely freaked out on him and said, "What's the matter with you? Where do you think this curling is going to take you to the Olympics?" That's what happened. So uh, we'll get your thoughts on a lot of other topics. How you, again, how you kind of balance and juggle kids and everything else and uh, some of your t- favorite curters and, and favorite places that you've played, uh, you know, all over the world. Uh, when we come back, it's uh, Jeff Walker, Laura Walker in studio, Sports 1440. Stay with us. We've got Jeff and Laura Walker in studio at Sports 1440 in West Edmonton Mall. Thanks again for coming in. This is a lot of fun. Uh, the Duke is a big curler. I don't know if you knew that. He's been curling in the uh, Delburn 100. It's the 100th anniversary Duke of the Delburn Curling Rink. Wow. Of the club, yeah. Of the club. This uh, this year. So big big banquet tomorrow night to wrap up the, the Farmer's Bond Spiel this week. And the Duke is the MC of the banquet? Yeah, I don't know. Like, people ask me to do this stuff, and I just have, like, the hardest time saying no. Like, I grew up in the curling and stuff, so obviously a lot of uh, fond memories there. And I was planning on curling this week. But, like, when you're at a banquet like that, you kind of want to enjoy yourself, maybe cut a little loose for the full night. But then you, they mm-hmm. had to put a mic in your hand, so it will uh, take a, I'll have to, like, put that off a little bit for a few hours uh, over yeah. the course of the night. Uh, Laura, you had an... Uh, there was an interview because you've been curling and being pregnant the last uh, several years here, and you gave a bunch of tips to women curlers because there are so many women curlers that, out there that, you know, curl in leagues that are pregnant, and you gave a whole bunch of tips to them. I thought it was really insightful and helpful. So, so can you kind of just uh, touch on that? Sure. I think um, there's a lot of people from the, you know, the outside looking in that might especially now I think with social media, people think that we kind of have it all together. Like, oh, she makes it look so easy or like Rachel Holman comes back after two and a half weeks and mm-hmm. wins a slam. Like, oh my gosh. And um, it's, I think the first thing to, to really point out to other women out there is just how not easy it is and how much we also struggle with it and, and kind of find a way. So um, I think I, I just would hate to see other women be hard on themselves because they think that, you know, oh, look at how easy she had her pregnancy Mm -hmm. and everyone's different. And um, if you kind of get the right support system behind you and I think um, look at it in a way where you don't strive for perfection. And that's been a really tough thing for me being... I know high performance athletes yeah. where we're often we're, we want everything to be a certain way where, where we really are high, high, kind of high achievers and to really just accept that like not every day is going to look how mm-hmm. you, you want it to. And some days are going to be really hard. Most days are going to be really hard. Um, but to, if, if you love it enough to try to, to find a way, I think, um, and then the, the physical aspect of it, obviously, um, again, everyone's different. You kind of have to work with your, your healthcare providers. But that was one thing that really helped me was seeking out that kind of physical support maybe before I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pelvic health physiotherapy is not a thing that most people know about. And it's so important, especially when you're trying to be active shortly after you're, you're giving birth and, and being pregnant. Um, and just to give yourself some grace when things maybe don't go mm-hmm. the way that you want them to. Yeah. And Jeff, how about on your angle then? I mean, you're your number one support group, you have to be there. And how was how that for you? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually amazing watching uh, the stuff that she has to obviously go through that you don't realize. And, and, you know, she, like I said, she seeked it out. She went and did what she needed to do, and, and she was phenomenal with it. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, there's lots of women that obviously everybody's different, like she said, but there's lots of women. It's, it's, it's amazing watching it. You see even on tour now, there's a lot of, a lot of, of the women's teams have young young kids. Yeah. Like one team, for example, Anna Hasselberg from, from Sweden, 
when she comes over to the events, they, I think three of the four have kids and they bring all the kids, the husbands, they have about, they call it their traveling circus. Like they have about 12 <laughs> of them that are over and that's a, you know, that's a lot of commitment. That's a lot of, a lot of cost, obviously flights, hotels and all that. And then trying to be able to curl and be the best. And it's, it's pretty amazing to, to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Walker, Laura Walker with us on sports 1440. So let's have some, some fun here with, uh, the two of you. When's the last time, and now you have six days in a row, when's the last time you guys had like a date night because of your schedule? Our birthdays are both at the end of November. So Jeff took me out for, for dinner right around my birthday at the end of November. So that was, that's okay. pretty good for us actually. That was only two months ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a stretch where we had like four or five days in between where yeah. one of us was going to be gone. So we just did a mixed mix birthday and we went yeah. out for dinner. And the kids got really sick and we had to postpone it actually. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's our life. Yeah. Oh. Who has the better slide out of the hack? I think Jeff. Jeff is like, I've never seen Jeff have like a speed wobble, you know, mm-hmm. like that you kind of see sometimes. Like Jeff's a smooth operator. It's, it's just because I'm sliding slow. I'm throwing, <laughs> throwing guards and, and, and draws. I'm not throwing any peels. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we, you know, our, both of our deliveries, I'd say technically are, are pretty good. That's what you say when you actually mean me, but you don't want to tell your wife that it's me. <laughs> I asked you the same question last year when we did the story at Global. Uh, would you guys consider, and you have already, but going back down the road to be mixed doubles partners? It would be, uh, I definitely would consider it. I know, mm-hmm. like, to me, Laura's one of the best women's female players in, in Canada. Yeah. So I would love to have her as my partner. Um, logistically, might be a little bit tough, obviously, now with the kids. Um, but maybe sometime when they're older and maybe if I'm not playing men, she's not playing women's. Yeah. Maybe we'll dabble a little bit and see how see how we are we we joke around that you look out there and and a lot of these teams are very successful until they get married (laughs) if they get married then they seem to fall off a cliff that's sort of what happened in our last year playing mixed doubles together (laughs) yeah how long ago was that laura when you guys uh 2018 we would have played a little bit and then uh jeff won the briar and so couldn't come to mixed doubles nationals and that's when i asked kirk to play with me and we won the nationals and bronze of the world and never looked back, but 2018 would have been the last time we played, I think. Mm. Traveling around the world, favorite cities that you've played in? I'm going to say I just was there a few weeks ago, Madison, Wisconsin, randomly. Um, And because of the people and the curling club, with your entry fee, you have free food and drink included all weekend. The (laughs) food is made by like the nice ladies in the kitchen. It's awesome homemade food. Like it's just so much fun. The the community is really fun. And for me, I get to go to Target. So that's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. I've I've been fortunate to be in a, f- a few places. Uh, Japan was great, but I'd have to go with uh, probably Switzerland. We l- we love going to Switzerland. Just the food there is great. Obviously, it's beautiful countryside. Um, I've been fortunate to be there a few times, and and yeah, it's a it's a great place to travel to. What was that Japan experience like for you earlier this year? Japan was great. Uh, it was our first, like I said, the first time for all of us going there. Uh, the hospitality there is second to none. Food was amazing. Um, it was. It was really cool. We Kurosawa is almost a little bit more like a like a Jasper or Banff. You're mm-hmm. sort of more of a resort town. Um, so it was it was it was a beautiful place as well. And and uh, you know the it was just great. The the hospitality there is like I said, second to none. It's it's phenomenal. Jeff and Laura Walker with us in studio sports fourteen forty nine forty seven in Edmonton. Um, so. Jeff, you've got an Edmonton Oilers hat on. Big Oilers fan. Big Oilers fan, yeah. Uh, always like that because you grew up in Beaver Lodge and you had a similar story to Donnie Walchuk, but just uh, what's your hockey bra- background and were you always Oilers right from day one? Yeah, Oilers right from day one. My dad was an Oilers fan and hockey fan and yeah, I grew up um, obviously in a small town, Beaver Lodge, and uh, 
you're sort of when you're from a small town as you know you, you seem to play every sport you just you get introduced to it and you, you play everything you can like I, like I said I played hockey till I was uh, I think 15 mm-hmm. until I was in Bantam and that's when I sort of started getting in competitive curling so I uh, I was playing a little bit of both and like I said the story with with Walchuk I had a very similar scenario where I had to miss a hockey tournament and it was a, it was like a playoff uh, provincial game to go to a Chrome bonds bill because I couldn't <laughs> let my, my uh, four player team curling team down. So, um, yeah, anyway, big Oilers fan. I've got to wear my hat today. They're on a heater right yeah. now. So we, uh, look for, hopefully we can get to that 17 and, and tie that record. Favorite players. Uh, obviously you got to say yeah. McDavid is hard to, hard to not, but, but growing up, I always thought when I followed him, when I was younger, probably like Doug Waite, that was sort of the era mm-hmm. that those guys were there. And, uh, obviously Ryan Smith it's hard to hard to look past him so uh, there's been a, there's been a few over the years Laura Eastern Canada yeah. I mean Leafs fan growing up yeah oh, yeah no. my email address as a kid was leaf underscore fan 102 at hotmail.com oh, <laughs> no. oh boy oh boy are you starting to convert you know what? If if the Leafs aren't in the playoffs, I do like to see the Oilers in the playoffs. One for Jeff, it makes him happy, and also just like it's fun to be in a city where there's a deep mm-hmm. playoff run going on. So I would say that yes, they would be the next team that I would cheer for. But even this morning, we always fight with Liam. He this, said to Jeff this morning, "Daddy, say go Leafs, go." And Jeff's oh, like, "No, no. <laughs> that's not my vocabulary." I said, "But so it's bo- funny what we 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 change him. Like he's got Leafs pajamas. Oh. And I got to make sure he's wearing his Oilers jersey and." <laughs> and- the boys, as you say, their their ages, and when we were talking, they're they're watching you on TV, and they're enjoying seeing mom and dad, you know, curl at all these big events. What's been the change since I last talked to you about that? About a year ago or so. Um, it's funny. It's like every time there's a woman on TV curling, and Liam's like, "Oh, it's mommy," and I'm like, I'm sitting right <laughs> beside you. But um, he, I think he's grown up with it, so it's not. I don't think he's old enough yet to realize how cool it is that dad's on TV every weekend. Um, but now he'll see you know, like sweet daddy, or he'll like mm-hmm. see dad on TV and and kind of pay attention a little bit more now than he used to. I would say Weston's still clueless. He's just like yeah. <laughs> running around bonking his home. head. Yeah. <laughs> when you were both growing up, who were your favorite curlers? Uh, and go like I mean, there's, there's a younger age as, as you say, Jeff, maybe fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, so. it would have been it would have been Kevin Martin early on. Um, you know, obviously I followed the Alberta teams. You cheer for Alberta at the Briar, and and then as I got older, sort of into my teens and, and late into junior, is when Randy Furby's team was mm-hmm. sort of uh, ruling the world at that point. <laughs> so, you know, I was a big big fan of their all all their players early. Um, I always I like Scott Pfeiffer a lot, the sweeping mm-hmm. ability, and he seemed to. At, at the time, I feel like he was probably the best player in the world when they were sort of on their run. Huff and puff. Huff and puff, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Marcel Rock, yep. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Laura. I um, I actually didn't watch a lot of curling until I was like maybe in university. I think I thought I was kind of boring to watch, to be honest, when I was a little bit younger. And I also didn't actually curl that competitively until probably a lot older than um, a lot of people. I think, the like Jeff said, playing a lot of different sports and trying different things is really overlooked in today's world, but mm-hmm. that's a whole topic for another day. But um, So I didn't start watching until a little bit older and I, around the time Cheryl Bernard was going to the Olympics. And uh, she's someone that I've always really admired, not just for, like, she made so many clutch shots to, like, get through that trials and then the, win the silver at the Olympics, but also just the way that she... Um, kind of conducts herself, views the game. Mm-hmm. She always was talking about like, you know, the perspective of winning a silver medal and just kind of looking at things positively. And that's something I've always respected. So we could make it a quick topic for now <laughs> about having, again, that it's balance. It's yeah. trying to be a little, it's trying to be good at a little bit of everything. So what's your thought process on that? I think I see a lot of, I, I've done a lot of coaching and I've worked with a lot of kids, worked at different sports camps and stuff. And I see the kids who 
only have curled mm -hmm. and they're not nearly as good as the ones who come up playing different sports. It's just the way it is. They don't have the athletic kind of um, versatility. They don't see the game quite the same way. And then I see kids who start way later in life after playing a bunch of different sports and they just kind of get it. And I think um, not just for your physical body, there's a lot to be said for that, um, but just kids don't want to do the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. Like what you don't, I don't want to do the same thing every day. It's a grind for me to go to the curling rink every day. Um, and I think that there's just a lot, you know, overlooked about like the mental health benefits for kids to try different things and to make sure that they're actually doing what they want to do long-term rather than being put in one thing and playing all the time. You know, I'm sorry, parents out there, not everyone's yeah. Connor McDavid and you're, you want your kid to be happy. Right. So. All time curling um, teams. Everyone talks about them. I, I shot you off a text last night, uh, Jeff, to kind of give you a, a heads up that I was going to ask you. So, if you could put together your dream team, everyone talks about their boy. If I could have a, my dream foursome in golf, it would be Tiger and Jack Nicholas from any era. If so, if you can kind of express yours, and then Laura, you can uh, follow that up with who you would, I guess. And you know, you can be on the team. You could be a fifth. You could be the alternate. You could be coaching. Whatever you think. Yeah, when you when you sent that, I uh, I was thinking I'm going to go all Alberta and <clears throat> all from different eras. So I, I thought I'm going to be playing lead on the team for sure. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm playing lead, and uh, probably my f one another one of my favorite curlers, and I had a lot of respect for, came up from the same area, the Peace Region, was Carter Eicroft. So he's going to be my second. I would love to have. He's a teammate I would have loved to have played with over my career. Um, and then you mentioned his name earlier. It's funny as I was going to have Don Walchuk his third because okay. when he was going in his heyday, there wasn't a third better. And then a different a way back era, just for I think stories and and this was the era I would love to have played in. Just to like I said, get the stories would have been the late great Matt Ball. Oh boy, yeah. Um, you know, just it's funny. I, I I listened to a podcast with him about six years ago. I think it was five or six years ago. Um, the Curling Legends podcast and and the stories that he just told mm -hmm. was just unbelievable and getting on the Briar train and stuff like I couldn't imagine getting on the Briar train in Alberta and going out east and just partying the whole time and yeah. and you know the, like I said just the stories from him so uh, a nice good old Alberta based team. Okay, cool, Laura. Okay, well, like I said, I didn't watch a lot of curling until mm -hmm. I was older, so mine's like a, a bit of a newer team, but. Uh, Don McEwen and Jill Officer. I'm going to put them together as my front end just okay. because they both work so well together, like best front end in women's curling, arguably of all time. So they're going to be my, my sweepers. And I also just think that they're awesome people. Um, if you know them, you would agree. And then I got a bit of a weird combo at third and skip. Um, Val Sweeting is going to call the game and throw third rocks. Um, Val, I think, is one of the most underrated players in the world, just as far as like her curling mind. So that's why I want her at the helm, calling line and all those things. And then Alina Petz is going to mm. throw last rock right now from Switzerland because I think she's probably the one of the best shot makers um, mm. ever. She's she's won six worlds. That's crazy. Yeah. So she's she's throwing last for me, and I'm on the bench with the binoculars, <laughs> <laughs> scouting out the rocks and stuff like that. Uh, can I give you mine? It's, yeah, it's a different, and I combined men's and women's. Just one woman. I didn't want to do two two because I knew I'd get in trouble with, if I excluded one guy. <laughs> so I did a documentary thirty years ago of the Scotties in um, Kitchener Waterloo. It was I had a fabulous time, but. If, 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 I thought we were going to go position by position. So Marcia Guterite was the lead right. for back then. It was Sandra right. Peterson was went back to Schmirler. So Marcia Guterite's from Hudson Bay, Saskatchewan. So I put her. I was lead. there. 
Yeah, we they're, were, they're Hudson, on our tour. There you go, yeah. Hudson Bay. So Marcia, uh, Joan McCusker is going to kill me for the, not having her on <laughs> as well. But that's uh, when the heyday when I was kind of covering a lot back in the day. And then I had to put Wally, Wal- Donnie Walchuk at second because he's a Malvo guy, but I put him at second. The guy I had to put in is Furby because... Mm-hmm. He phoned me right away and bitching, bitching, <laughs> complaining, saying, "Why? How come I wasn't on the list?" And then because Saskatchewan has never won the Briar since 1980, Rick Folk. There you go. So that's the only kind of. I, I thought maybe to get something back. I mean, that's yeah, like so long ago. And Saskatchewan's been close a couple times. Yeah, Rick's was, a great guy too. He's, yeah, he's he's awesome. I mean, I remember back. You know, I mean, Brad Height. He missed that one shot with Daisy was his third and. Everyone thought that this was going to be the, the time, and then there's been some close calls as well. With, yeah. You know, I, you know, Matt Dunstone and guys mm-hmm. like that. But uh, I had so much fun. This was great. I really appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, continued success, and I'm so glad that you are able to balance um, husband, wife, kids, curling, uh, events like your trip to Saskatchewan. It's truly amazing. I think all our, our listeners had a lot of fun listening to you today. So really appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having us. It was, it was fun. That's uh, Jeff Walker and Laura Walker, soon to be out on the road again at a curling rink uh, near you.